Psalm 23, God has set a table for two. One chair for himself, the king, and the second one, believe it or not, is for you. But of course, the enemy wants a seat at the table too. Anxiety wants a seat, envy wants a seat, worry and frustration want a seat. But don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Look up, go up, you're invited up the mountain of God. Move towards infinite power, splendor, love and beauty, healing and restoration. When we gaze upon the Almighty, we are changed by the captivation. Empowered to take every thought captive in the battle of the mind. Shame is silenced by his glory and our future redefined. So draw near to Jesus. The shepherd is good. Our God is faithful. Take the place prepared for you. And don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Well, good morning, Crossroads. Who's ready to dive into a new series here? Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. This, this comes from a book that I read about three or four months ago, uh, also called Don't Give the Enemy a seat at your table. Uh, and, and here's the reality of this. When I read this book, we already kind of had a, a loose plan for the fall. And I just said, no, we're walking through this content because it impacted me so much. And I just felt like, man, if this kind of wrecked my, my life, my perspective and, and my circumstance, I, I wanted to share that with the Crossroads family so that together we could go on this journey. And I just want to encourage you as we unpack Psalm 23 for the next few weeks, I just want to invite you to lean in to what it is that Jesus is speaking to you and to be willing to just take a giant leap forward in your relationship with God because he has prepared a table for you and I to enjoy an intimate relationship with him. And I don't want to miss out on a single thing that God has for me. I mean, does anybody resonate with that? I want to experience everything that God has for me. And so let's together lean in. No matter where you are, let's lean in today. I had a chance a couple weeks ago to hang out with our St. Pete campus. Let's give it up for St. Pete. Uh, our Mishawaka campus is joining today. Everybody in Nashville, everybody online, outside. There's Crossroads family all over the place right now. And what I'm asking you to do is today, let's take this moment to lean in and just listen to what it is that God is speaking to us. Because I really believe that now more than ever, these messages that are life bringing are more important than ever before. Because as we experience a new reality in our culture where people are isolated, they're discouraged, they're depressed, they're, they're lonely, what we realize more and more is that we have the answer that everyone is looking for. That answer is Jesus. Jesus is the one who answers the, the question of where do I come from? What is my purpose? Where is my eternal destiny? Jesus is the answer that everyone is ultimately looking for. And I want to lean into that. I want to experience everything that he has for my life. And a verse that I've shared with you probably hundreds of times over the years now that resonates with me almost every single week at some level is John 10.10, where it says in scripture, this is Jesus speaking. He says, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it to the fullest. That's what Jesus wants for every single one of us. And yet there is an enemy that's out there. And that enemy is doing everything that he can to destroy our spirit, to steal our joy, to to just kill our very soul. And I want to encourage you today to lean in to this relationship that Jesus longs for us to have with him. 
and to not hold back. Because I believe with all my heart that when we take our seat at the table, when we allow Jesus to lead us, when we embrace that intimate fellowship with him, I believe with all my heart that that is where we live life to the fullest. And it's when we take our eyes off of Jesus, right? It's when we allow the enemy to take a seat at the table that he has not been invited to, that we begin to experience, you know, him stealing our joy, him killing our spirit, him destroying our soul. And I don't want that to be the reality for anyone here today. No one in our Crossroads family, no one who's listening to us today, I want us to be experiencing life to the fullest. And we're going to get that, that picture and, and how to experience that from us unpacking Psalm 23 today. And so I just want to encourage you right out of the gate with this line. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Let's unpack Psalm 23 and just kind of kick off this series with this big idea of what that looks like and what that means. Now, Psalm 23 is a, a famous scripture in the Bible. This is one that you're going to hear from time to time on a regular basis. Uh, I mean, even if you're a fan, you, know, you grew up in the 90s like I did, you can even reference you know, an old song, an old faithful song, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I... <laughs> no? I just saw a meme uh, this week that said, remember when Coolio said, I'm 23 now, but will I live to see 24? The way things are going, I don't know. Well, now he's like 57. He made it. He made it. <laughs> That's a little bit of a rabbit trail. I wasn't planning on saying that. That was just fun for me. <laughs> uh, Psalm 23. Some of you are like, what is he talking about right now? I, I apologize. <laughs> Psalm 23.1. Let's dive in. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I'll just start with that verse right there. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. This is an amazing declaration from David himself, the man who we know as the man after God's own heart, the man who walked in favor with God, the man who cho he chose from the beginning because his heart was pure to lead his people. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. This sounds kind of simple. It sounds very familiar. But this is a really powerful statement. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. That means he is my leader because I am a sheep, right? I need that guidance. Recognize out of the gate, whenever the Bible refers to us, whenever Jesus himself refers to us as sheep, that is never a compliment, all right? Because sheep are really, really dumb, all right? That's us. And when David says, the Lord is my shepherd, what he is declaring there is, the Lord is the one who is leading me. He is my shepherd. He is my guide. I need him. And when the Lord is my shepherd, what he is declaring in all fullness is, I lack nothing. When, when Jesus is guiding my life, I never am going to need anything because he is everything that I need. So what happens when we get that out of sync, right? When, when we replace Jesus with something else. I would contend with you today that anytime we allow anything else in our lives to lead us, we find ourselves lacking quite a bit, right? When, when I decide, you know what, I don't think I need God's guidance in my life. I don't really think I need Jesus to lead me where he wants me to go. I think I know what's best for my life. I think I'm going to do things my way for a while and see how that goes. Well, when I am my shepherd, 
there's a lot that I lack, all right? I'm not going everywhere good. It, it never ends up the way that you think it's going to. I, I lack a lot of things when I am my own shepherd. Because that road that we choose that is apart from the road that Jesus is calling us to travel down, it always takes us to a place where we never thought we would end up. It always takes you farther than you would ever want to go. And so when David starts this psalm by saying, hey, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. That's an amazing declaration. And I want to challenge you today that maybe this is the first step where all of a sudden you're realizing, I don't know if I can say that definitively. The Lord is my shepherd. He is the one leading my life. I don't lack anything. I, I want to encourage you today that if you've been trying out some areas of your life where you're trying to lead yourself or, or let somebody else lead you, I want to encourage you today to refocus and make sure that the Lord is your shepherd. Because I would, I would challenge you today that if you're struggling, you're looking for hope, you're feeling overwhelmed, you're feeling isolated and, and discouraged and maybe depressed, I want you to know that Jesus is the ultimate source of hope. He's the ultimate source of joy. He's the ultimate source of peace. I want to encourage you with this thought today. He is everything that you need. When he is your shepherd, you will lack nothing. And we have an opportunity today together as a church family just to say, Jesus, I want you to be in charge of my life. I want to take my seat at the table that you have prepared for me. I want to do life with you. I want to experience the life that you've created me for. I want to live life to the fullest. I want you to lead me. And I don't want you to miss that opportunity. It might sound overly simplistic, but we have that chance today to say, Jesus, I want you to be in charge of my life. Let's, let's be committed today to saying yes to that, all right? So it starts off, Psalm 23, 1, by saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. So what does that look like? What does that mean? What does that feel like and look like? And what is the reality when Jesus is leading my life? Let's take a look at that because that's what the rest of Psalm 23 is defining for us. So it says in Psalm 23 too, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Well, that's interesting. If you think about that for a second, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Why would he word it that way? Well, here's the contention that I have. I think sometimes God forces us down a path that we would never choose for ourselves to get us to that green pasture that he knows we desperately need. When we try to lead ourselves there, we, we never quite get it right, but if we're willing to trust his guidance for our lives, to trust his direction that he knows what's best for us, I believe that he guides us to that green pastures. He makes me lie down in a green pasture that I didn't even know I needed, right? And he leads me beside the quiet waters. Why is that significant? Well, if the water is running or if, if there's too much going on, the, the rough water is actually dangerous to the sheep because that's how dumb they are, right? They, they wander into the water and if there's too much of a current, remember they're covered with like eight bedspreads of wool. So if they get too far in the water, they get you know, sucked down the river and, and it's over for them. And what it's saying here is Jesus, when he is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Why is that? Well, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Sometimes green pastures I didn't even know I needed, but he knew what was best for me. I never would have gotten to that place without his direction and guidance in my life. He leads me to the quiet waters. He knows what I need. And the trap is I want to lead myself. I try to have anything else lead me but, but Jesus and his wisdom and his direction. And that's where the devil, that's where the enemy tries to, to sneak in. The enemy who, don't forget, is the thief. 
He's out to steal and kill and destroy. He's trying to steal your joy, to kill your spirit, to destroy your soul. That is the purpose of his existence. He is trying to destroy us. And that is why it's so important that we have to stay focused on Jesus and and trust him to guide us. Because when we do that, he takes me to the green pastures that he knows that I need. He leads me to the quiet waters and, and allows me to have that place where it sets up in Psalm 23, 4. He refreshes my soul. I mean, what's more important than that? What's more important than peace in your soul? Peace with God. There's nothing that replaces that. At the very depth of who you are, the deepest part of you, we all long to have a soul that is refreshed, that is at peace. And it's when we choose to trust the leadership and the guidance of Jesus in our lives that we are able to experience that. God himself refreshes my soul. It goes on to say, he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And then it's Coolio. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And this is something that has really stuck out to me over the last couple of months. I've just been thinking about this and and thinking about why this matters. Don't miss the fact that when God is your shepherd, you can put your trust in him. When, when you are allowing him to lead your life, when you walk through the valleys of life, and listen, you are going to walk through the valleys. You're going to have to face the storms. There's no getting around it. But if Jesus is leading you, he doesn't just walk to the valley with you and then say, hey, good luck in there. No, he walks through the valley with you because he's faithful. He's the God who is with us. He is the God who provides for us. He is the God who never leaves us or forsakes us. He's the God who fights for us. That's what you get when you trade whatever leader that's been guiding you for Jesus. You get the one who walks through the valley with you, who never leaves you, who never forsakes you. Can anybody get excited about that this morning? Because that's who he is. That's the good shepherd. That's who he is. So you never have to be overwhelmed with anything that you face in life because no matter how dark, no matter how deep that valley is, the good shepherd, the one who loves your soul, is walking through that valley right there with you. He's right there. That's the kind of guidance you get when you put your trust in Jesus. David goes on to say in verse 6, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's significant. He puts an eternal perspective on this. God is guiding me. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Not in this life, nor in the future. God is with me, always and forever. That is the source. He is the one who controls my eternal destiny. But what's amazing about this verse, and I want to circle back to it because it's the premise for this whole series, is what he says at the beginning of verse 5. David says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil My cup overflows. I want to hang out in this section today and just talk about this for a few minutes. Because this is significant. When he says, you prepare a table before me, I mean, that that is a space where intimate fellowship happens. Can we just talk about that for a second? Let's talk about the table. You prepare a table for me. 
This is the God of the universe who says, hey, come sit down for a minute. I have a table that I have prepared just for you. Think about that. And so you sit down at this table and you look at what's on the table and you're going, God, I think you have done a perfect job here of setting this. I, I see the bowl of fruit here and you know, that's amazing. I mean, I really appreciate that. This is great. But honestly, I'm more of a carb guy. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for the, I don't see a single vegetable here except for garnish. It's for decoration. I love that. There's a pie. Yes. God, thank you. Donuts. Yes. This is the table that God prepared for me. How did you know? This is amazing. I mean, honestly, I would have preferred the diet do. But the water's good. That's what's best for me. <laughs> God prepares this table just for me. And notice where the table is. This is important now. This, is, oh, this has really been hitting me hard. The table that God prepares for me is in the presence of my enemies. Can we just think about that for a second? Why does that matter? Because, I mean, honestly, if I'm being selfish, I'd, if God's preparing a table just for me, I'd rather that just be like with him, right? Like, can we just kind of put this like on a, a fourth-story building so we can look down at our enemies and be like, <laughs> we did it. Thank you, God. That's not really how he works, right? He doesn't extract us from all of the brokenness and all of the pain. He doesn't take us out of the valley. He, he actually walks through the valley with us. But what he does do is in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of all the drama, in the midst of all the family issues and the relationship issues and and all of my pain and all of my hardships and the physical stuff that I'm going through, in the middle of all of that chaos, he has the ability to say, hey, sit down. Take a breather. It's all still going on all around me. But in the middle of the chaos, in the presence of my enemies, God says, hey, hey, let's take a moment together. How you doing? What, what can I do for you? I've prepared this table, this space for, for us to connect, for us to have fellowship, for us to spend time together. This is an invitation to a table where it really doesn't matter what's on the table, as great as these donuts are. I mean, it's, it does not matter what's on the table. It matters who you're at the table with. And in the middle of the chaos... What an amazing truth that is, that no matter what is happening in life around me, God himself prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies so that I can experience intimate fellowship with him. And I love the picture of the table because in life, isn't that where the best moments happen? The greatest conversations, the moments where you connect with people. It happens over food. Food is amazing. Let's just get everybody get an amen for food. Yeah, woo -hoo. Yes, donuts. And that's the picture that David creates in Psalm 23. You prepare a table before me, a place where we can have an intimate conversation, where we can have a relationship that is just true fellowship. And this 
this conversation, this intimate relationship, these beautiful and sacred moments, they don't happen in a bubble. They don't happen, you know, isolated from reality. They happen in the presence of my enemy. That's the relationship that God is trying to get each and every one of us to embrace with him. That it doesn't matter what's going on around us. Man, he is the source of my hope and my joy and my peace. And in any, any circumstance, in any trial that I'm facing, any situation, I can embrace him. I can embrace his presence and his provision and his power in my life. This is the invitation that I have available to me at all times. And you guys, I don't think that we can allow ourselves to miss that. That no matter what chaos I'm experiencing, no matter how dark the valley is that I'm walking through, man, God prepares this table for me right in the middle of what I'm doing. What an amazing, what an extraordinary invitation that is for an intimate relationship with God. That's how much he loves us. And Crossroads, I don't want us to miss this opportunity that God prepares for us because he prepares this, this table for us, for you, for me, right now, no matter what's going on in your life. And it's just on us to take our seat at the table. I want you to think about this for a second. What happens in life when, when the chaos is all around us and things are going crazy? I got a little bit of a donut stuck in my throat right there just for a second. Sorry about that. What happens in life? We, I think we believe it. Like, yeah, I believe this to be true. I believe it's an amazing thing that, that God has prepared a table for me in the presence of my enemies. But I think what happens is we allow ourselves to become distracted. We get too busy. I've, I've thought this for a long time. That if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy, right? Too busy to take your seat at the table and really enjoy this relationship that he created you for. And then what happens? I, <laughs> God says, I've prepared a table for you today in the presence of your enemies, in the middle of your chaos. Come sit down. Let, let's have dinner together. Have dinner with your creator, the one who loves you with an extravagant love, who paid the ultimate price so you could be forgiven and set free. This is the invitation to the table. I've prepared it just for you. There's no vegetables here. It's all carbs. It's just for you. And what do we do? What's the trap that we fall into? We know that this table exists. We, we recognize there's an invitation to sit down and spend time with fellowship with God. But what do we do? We go, Jesus, this is amazing. You, you have outdone yourself. This is an amazing spread. Thank you. But you know what? My schedule is packed today. So God, thank you. I really appreciate it. I love these donuts. I'm going to take this one with me. And what do we do? We make it a, a drive-through experience. We take it to go, right? Or even worse, we go, this is pretty cool. Jesus, wait just a second, because you know what? My friends aren't going to believe what you did for me here. Hold on one second. Hold on. This is too good. Look what God did for me. This is so good. Dinner with Jesus. Yeah, dinner with Jesus. So good. Hold on. Got to filter that. There we go. Oh, that's good. That's fantastic. They aren't going to believe this. This is so good. Oh, okay. Oh, dinner with Jesus was fantastic. Okay. Picture sent. It's been uploaded. It's fantastic. <laughs> 
I mean, as dumb as that is, that's what we do with our relationship with God. Man, we allow everything else, everything else in life to, to drown out his voice, to drown out his presence, to, to distract us from this unbelievable invitation that he gives us to spend time with him in, in intimate fellowship. And then what happens? Well, I'm not taking this invitation that God has, been, that has, God has given me. I'm not, I'm not accepting this invite. And when I'm not spending time with God, what happens? Well, suddenly, those other voices, they're getting louder. Suddenly, the enemy has a seat at the table, and suddenly, that thief is stealing my joy. He's killing my spirit. He's destroying my soul because I haven't taken my seat at the table. And I want to contend with you today and challenge you with this truth. The main way I don't give the enemy a seat at the table is by taking my seat at the table. I've got to take my seat at the table. Yeah, that's worth clapping for. I mean, I, I will say this. That is good preaching. That's good preaching. But I will also say that's in this book. So I did, I did not come up with that. If you like that, you should probably buy the book and read that because it's very good. It's very good. The main way that I keep the enemy at, at bay, that I don't give him a seat at the table, is I take my seat at the table. And you guys, I think now more than ever, I think we have to take that seriously. We have to recognize if, if I've become too distracted, if, if I've let all the stuff in life keep me from engaging in this unbelievable invitation that God has given to me to spend time with him, to have intimate fellowship with my creator. If I'm not embracing this invitation fully, then I'm missing out. The enemy is going to have a seat at the table. I'm going to give the thief every opportunity to steal my joy, to, to kill my spirit, to destroy my soul. And I got to ask you today, have you taken your seat at the table? I think this is where this journey together begins. And I think that's a question we have to be honest about and, and just be real with ourselves. Am I sitting at the table with Jesus? Am I taking him up on this invitation? Am I spending time with him every day? Am I allowing him to speak his life into me? Am I embracing his love? Am I listening to his voice? Am I allowing the good shepherd to lead me? Because here's the thing. If you're not allowing Jesus to lead you and to guide you, then something else is. We were created by God and for God. We were created to follow him. And when that void exists in our life, we're not following him like we were created to, we're going to end up following something else. And I think we all have the chance today to, to refocus, to recalibrate, and just say, God, you've prepared a table for me in the presence of my enemies, in the presence of my chaos. Today, I'm, I'm taking my seat at this table. I'm, I'm saying, yes, I want you to lead my life. And I want to challenge you today to take that step toward Jesus. Because I will say it again, the best way to not allow the enemy to take a seat at your table is to take your seat at the table that God has invited you to. May he be the one that leads you. May he be the one that guides you. Because when the Lord is your shepherd, you don't lack anything. That's the life that you are looking for. And so can we just take a moment as we come to a close today and, and just be honest with each other? Where are you at in your relationship with Jesus? 
Maybe you're joining today and you can say, I've, I said yes to Jesus for the first time a long time ago, but maybe you're realizing today because the Holy Spirit's kind of guiding you and convicting you right now, I've not been taking my seat at the table like I should. I've not been embracing this unbelievable invitation that God has given me. And I want to encourage you today, don't, don't hold back. Don't let the lies of the devil keep you on the sideline. No, take your seat at the table that God prepared for you and, and recommit today to saying, Jesus, I want you to lead my life. Now, maybe you're here today and you've never made that decision at all and you're realizing for the first time, Jesus, I want you, I, I need you to lead my life because I've been trying to do this on my own and I'm a mess. I want you to be my shepherd. <laughs> I want you to take control. I want to follow you. And if that's you today, I want to give you the chance to say yes to Jesus for the very first time. And honestly, as we close, I'd like wherever you are, would you stand where you are? Would you stand and join me in this moment? And together, can we say this prayer that is an invitation to a changed life? It's that initial invitation that invites you to take your seat at the table with Jesus for the very first time. It's that invitation that says, Jesus, I want you to be my shepherd. I want you to guide me. I want this life that you created me for. And so can we say this together? Jesus, I need you. I believe you are the savior of the world, that you gave your life to forgive my sins, and that God raised you from the grave so that I could have eternal life. Thank you for loving me. I am saying yes to you, Jesus. Come into my life. I will follow you. Amen. And can we give him the praise and glory because he's worthy. You guys, this is the God who has paid the ultimate price and given us an unbelievable invitation. And the idea that he has created this table, he's prepared this table for us in the presence of our enemies, in the presence of everything that goes on in our lives, we can't take that for granted. You guys, we cannot miss the opportunity that we have been given to connect with God at the deepest possible level. Crossroads, what does it look like if all of us take our seat at this table? Where does God take us? I want you to think about that this week. What does it look like if I take my seat at the table? And maybe start thinking about that in terms of our mission. Who in my life is desperate to take their seat at the table with Jesus? We're going to have some amazing opportunities over these next few weeks to invite people to go on a journey with us that will change their lives. Keep your eyes open. If, if the Holy Spirit's prompting you to give an invitation, if he's opening your eyes to someone who's desperate for the hope that we have in Jesus, this invitation to a changed life, make sure you're inviting them to join us because these are moments where together we can embrace the presence of God and say, God, I want you to lead me. So together, can we just make that our goal today and make that our promise? Jesus, I'm going to take my seat at the table. And may I pray a prayer over you today as we close that would just ask you to walk today in God's blessing and favor, praying to see a victory in your life, praying to see him move in an amazing way, praying that you will experience that newness and that intimacy with God that brings life, that brings life to the full. So Crossroads, would you bow your head and close your eyes? Let me pray a prayer of blessing over you today as we close. Jesus, you are good. You are the good shepherd. And we just declare today with faith, God, that when you are the shepherd, the Lord, you, God, when you are our shepherd, we just proclaim this today. We lack nothing because, Jesus, you are all that we need. And we praise you in this moment because you are good. God, there's no one like you. And the fact that you have prepared a table for us it's an invitation for two. 
It really is extraordinary. It really is an extravagant love. And so, God, we just pause to say, God, we are going to receive this invitation. We are going to take our seat at the table with you. We are going to embrace this intimate fellowship with you that you have called us to. And God, we're going to claim this life to the full that you long for each of us to experience. God, for those that have been struggling, for those that have been walking through the valley, God, I just pray that your presence would be revealed to them this week, that they would know without a shadow of a doubt that you are with them, that your rod and staff, God, that you comfort them. God, may you anoint us with your oil. May we overflow by knowing that, God, you are with us. And may that hope and may that joy and may that peace change everything about us, God, because we are at the table with you. So, God, lead us where you would have us go. Help us to put our trust in you. God, we love you. And we praise you today because you are worthy. And we pray this in your name. And together we say, amen.